The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. We are here live on tape at the East Meadows Public Library for our 13th live show in front of the studio audience. Lucky number 13, yes. I am, I am here with our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Hello, fun seekers. Hello. <laughs> we have our uh, special co-host with us today. It is uh, Herman Shemp Sinertia. He was one of the was one of the original uh, co-hosts on the show many 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 years ago. So he decided to come down and say hi. So let's say hi. How you doing, everybody? Yeah. Woo! All right. All right. And we have our I'm the founder. And we have our special guest who we're going to be talking to, with, and about, which is good because he's right here. We have Kyle Horn. Say hi, Kyle. How's it going, everyone? Yeah. All right. But before we do into that, actually, um, he, he actually has another guest, but uh, she's on her way. Hopefully, she'll make it here before the show's over. But um, that was uh, Linda Waller-Taylor, so she should be here soon. Um, but first, we're going to take away with the news. Take it away with the news. The Mom. news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 20 years of comic book stuff and pop culture -ness. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. And uh, the next convention will be on March 9th and 10th of 2019. And also uh, Comic BarCon, uh, hosted by Fat Guy Inc., which is essentially a comic book convention in a local bar in Long Island. And that will be on February 2nd, 2019. For more information, go to com backslash, I think it's a Comic BarCon. Find out more information on that. And we also have... The shout-outs for our Patreon. So people who support our show by giving us a dollar, just for a dollar, you get a holler for a dollar every week. We have Danny Grillo, Jared Burrell, Two Sentence Horror, Ryan McDonald, Bree Nicholas, Millie Portez, and Juan Suarez from Conviction Comics. So if you want to have your shout-out, so just a dollar a month, go to www.patreon.com and look up In Came From Radio in the search bar. Also, on the uh, Patreon, if you decide to spend more than just one measly dollar a month, we have prints, we have stickers, um, a couple other things, but um, our, our, our other co-host, Dominic uh, Benarox Verano, is not here, but for just a measly $10,000. $10,000, pocket change. You can have an evening with Dominic Sperano. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can get flown in. You get a hotel. He takes you to all. If you're 18 and over, yes, he takes you all to the uh, all the local bars, the best bars in the city, best comic book shops in the city. You get some pronto comics. You get to be on the on the, on the show. Whole bunch of stuff, but just a measly, measly ten thousand dollars. And remember, we'll fly you in for this event. If you live here, we'll fly you out and then fly you back in for it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. So make sure you guys, if you guys do have ten thousand dollars, make sure you do that. If not. 
we'll just take a dollar and you get a shout out every yeah. week on our show. So let's see. We have a very limited news because uh, for those of you who were listening last week, um, I had some car problems and I had to deal with the New York Comic Con, so I didn't have time to go through the news. So it's my bare minimum news uh, for today. So let's see. Um, we have okay. From the That Will Show Them department, um, just moments after the painting Girl with the Balloon was auctioned off for $1.4 million with an M, dollars to an undisclosed bidder in London, the artwork appeared to self-destruct. It turns out that the canvas had a paper shredder built into it. And when, as soon as it was sold, it activated it and it shredded the artwork oh. down the frame. So I don't know how that works. Half of it, half of it. No, it was uh, it was like uh, almost all of it, like three it's, quarters. Three quarters uh, was uh, was shredded all the way down. Shoot, it's science. <laughs> now I did do some little, uh, did do a little bit of research, which is funny because it's no uh, follow up news. But there have been people saying that that was a gimmick, that it was a gimmick um, frame. Like the magicians use when they shred stuff, so it may not have actually been shredded. But if you do look online, you can go online, look up a girl in the balloon, and you can see it actually going right through the machine. You can see behind the scenes of how the guy made the frame and the and the and the shredder. So I'm not sure how that works out. If like you you already paid for it, and then it gets shredded after it gets paid for. So how does that work? Fifty dollars extra for the glow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know we have. A studio audience, so let's ask them. How does that happen? Do you, do you, if you paid for, for a, a piece of artwork and then got shredded, would you still pay for it? Oh, hell no. Hostile crowd. Depends on the artist. All right, so, so, so if you sold a piece of artwork, Kyle, and then you decided to shred said piece of artwork, do you still want your money? Depends if I'm famous enough. <laughs> All right. All right. That's fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So moving along to uh, oh, let's see. I do. I did have to. I had time to do this one. Um, from the yeah, she's probably in jail somewhere. Department. Um, for those of you who were paying attention on our last live show, we mentioned um, actress Fang Bingbing, who's most famous for being Blink in the X Men: Days of Future Past uh, movie, had not been publicly seen for three months and it has been reported because she had owed back taxes of a hundred and thirty million dollars for misreporting how much money she earned on various projects in recent years if she pays the money back by an unspecified deadline she will not be held criminally accountable the report claimed wow she needs to get one of those lawyers they advertise on TV. If you owe more than ten thousand dollars, we can help you. So a lot more than ten thousand. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is that um, she has not been seen or heard, and she's like China's number one actress, and she just disappeared off the face of the earth. So the reports have been that uh, you know she's kind of uh, in jail or in hiding somewhere from the hundred and thirty million. But now reports released from China says that she was released from a quote-unquote residential surveillance uh, at a designated location. Jail. <laughs> Uh, two weeks ago, which uh, when by the time this airs, about a month, um, and returned to Beijing, and the tax authorities are wrapping up their investigation. But she has still, as of as of this recording, which is October 10th, 
she's not been seen or heard or anything. So who knows what's going on with that. But I guess uh, the, the moral of the story is don't owe the Chinese government $130 million. Chinese mafia. I actually heard that um, in China it's different wow. how, um, sorry about that, I, I heard over in China that when it comes to like celebrities, movie stars, they can only make a certain amount of money per picture. Correct. Certain things, so maybe it's related to that. Well, um, so apparently, what's what's been what's been called is called yin yang contracts, which is you say you have different contracts for the same movie, so therefore you're not making as much money because each contract is separate. So you're not totaling per contract, but in total, it's more than what they're supposed to make. So that is correct. And then she just disappeared because she owes. Wasn't wasn't Bruce Lee in trouble with the with Chinese mafia? I, oh, he I, was. I don't. Well, I don't. Was he? Yes, he was. He made a lot of money, and he owed money to the Chinese mafia. That got him the start. Right. And and then, a lot of controversy. If you watch the movie, then there's then a movie of, of him made in the eighties. Not not that new one with the um, no. no the one that he was involved uh, with the Chinese mafia. The movie about what was it? The movie about Bruce Lee that focuses on the the, the photographer, the white guy, right. in, in his movie. Right. Not that one. You mean the original, the old one? The old one in the 80s. So, yeah, so uh, hopefully she's all right. Hopefully uh, she'll, she'll be able to pay that money back. I mean, realistically, she's number one celebrity in China. She should have $130 million, logically speaking, right? I hope so. <laughs> if not, lawyer. If not, get a lawyer. All right. Lawyer up. All right, so finally, the last bit of news before we take our commercial break. Um, for those of you, once again, for those of you who aren't paying attention, we, were, we mentioned a couple weeks ago about how um, Batman has shown his little Dick Grayson on, uh, on the comics. Oh, my God. And it was for their black label um, uh, line of adult, uh, mature comic books. And the backlash from that was extremely crazy. So much so that it overshadowed the actual story of, of what was going on. Wasn't that little? And <laughs> Did it wear a mask? And what happened was is that once the, the, the backlash happened, all copies showing Batman's Batman um, was digitally replaced. Online it was changed, and they said they would never sell the original copy. So not only does that make it more expensive and more sought after. You talk about <laughs> a collectible issue. So, you go. so now Why would they do that anyway? Well it's it's a mature a mature label to, you know to for mature audiences so they show mature stuff just like uh, I don't I don't think there's any need for that. I don't think you have your comic books you gotta get into that. That's ridiculous. Stop it. They're fishing for ideas and they're just fishing. Stop it. Now. <laughs> Why? Well, depending on the label, you can go more mature and it's, you know, it makes a lot more sense, but I guess. Well, did you think it was necessary for them to do that just for, for shock value? Because realistically, there was no, it, didn't, it didn't advance the story, it didn't do anything. But then again, they do that with women all Mark, the time. Mark, listen. Superheroes are supposed to be more moral, look up to, classy, and today's world, everything's just going out the window. 
Where where have you been? No, I, I'm it, just it, saying. It hasn't been classy in since the nineties. Well, um, they should go back to classiness. So long as they're playing all the old songs in the superhero movies, like the sixties, like Guardians of the Galaxy, because comic books came out in the sixties, the Marvel comics. So they're trying to reminiscence to when you read the comic book. That's those songs were on the radio. You know, they they don't call for. Yes, if you want to make a mature comic book, why do you have to drag, drag Batman in it? <laughs> Create your own characters. Go, you know, I, why? I guess if it's like on underwear and stuff like that, if you have the bat signal or things like that, it should be in <laughs> R-rated. <laughs> All right, I'm not going <laughs> to... So, so, so the thing is about that, uh, that story is that uh, Dan Diodo, who is the editor-in-chief of DC Comics, Made an apology, and he says that they should not have done that in the first place. They wish it never happened because, once again, as I said, it took away from. He says because it really took the attention away from what we thought was quality storytelling, and that's not the way we see this imprint. As a matter of fact, we're excited by all the books we have under the black label, and it's an important line for us. So much so that we're actually repositioning some of our older material that has the same tonality and bringing it in and reprinting it under the black label name. So, yeah, they are backtracking like nobody's business because of a, a backlash of Batman's Batman. <laughs> so that's it for the news. Um, Thank so, God. <laughs> so we are going to take our break. Who died? Oh. <laughs> nobody died this time. Well, I'm, I'm sure somebody died, but we didn't report it. <laughs> So we're going to take our break, and we will be right back with It Came. We promise. This is Carrie Steller from In the Girls' Corner, and you're listening to It Came from the Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hey guys, want to impress everyone at your next party? Shock them all with a custom cake. Anything goes. Classic wedding cakes to wild party themes. Follow my social media for weekly videos and photos. We're a Long Island-based cake shop. Custom Cakes by Christie Incorporated. K-R-I-S-T-Y. Call or text anytime. 631 631- Six zero six eight one six six. Hi, this is Amy Jo Johnson, writer-director from the film The Space Between, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello everyone, this is Envoy Comic Distributors, the independent distributor for independent minds. We represent some of the finest small press and self-publishers out there today. To learn more about us and our publishers, search for Envoy Comic Distributors on Facebook. And shop for us online at envoy.storeenvy.com. That's E-N-V-O-Y dot S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y dot com. Have a great day. Hey, ghoulies, this is Demon Boy, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. <laughs> this is Bookworm Batson on It Came From The Radio. Today's book is In the Beginning, The Epic of the Anunnaki by Alex Teplish. Once again, this author does not disappoint. This science fiction tale is an origin story. 
the origin of human life. It's skillfully done. I mean, there's multiple theories interwoven in here. There's um, mythology and, of course, some religious uh, strain. Initially, this was hard for me to grade. I mean, it's it was innovative, but at the same time, I felt as if I had heard parts of it before. Um, as a prolific reader and a watcher of television, and yes, I do watch a lot of television, there were many parts that seemed similar to me, uh, many stories that seemed to be interwoven in here. Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, um, Prometheus, Stargate, you know. Now, don't get me wrong, similar does not mean the same. Although this story was reminiscent of um, a variety of those tales, this one maintains its own uniqueness, and it did keep me interested. I personally thought that it holds its own as an origin of humanity story. I mean, I, I give this four stars. It was interesting, it was fast-paced, it was unique. It's a present-day story that goes back in time to the beginning. More than anything, I enjoy the fact that after I put the book down, I kept thinking about what ifs. What if people back in the day did this? What if the writers of the Bible had this experience and didn't know how to, to, to emote it? I, I liked it. Any book that keeps me thinking about it afterward is a great book. And, and as I said before, I've read work by Alex Teplish and I like his work a lot. He's an author that is very interesting, he's engaging, he's exciting, he's one to watch for. I love his work. If you want your book to be reviewed, send it to Bookworm Batson, care of It Came From The Radio, Post Office Box 134, Rosedale, New York, 11422. Hey, this is Brimstone and you're listening to my boys on It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And we're back with the King from Real Deal facility. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. What are you doing with that? Dude? Well, because I, I forgot my speaker, so. Scared this guy to death. <laughs> so we're back uh, in front of our live studio audience. Yeah! <laughs> uh, you know, there's going to be a test on this tomorrow. For our 13th uh, live show. And we have our very special guest, Kyle Horn. So, Kyle, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us what's going on with all this stuff? Because not only do you have some super cool art, you have some books that you and your partner, who's still not here yet. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Before you do that, tell us a lot about yourself. We got time. Go. <laughs> well, I'm 30 years old. I'm an illustrator. I've been living on Long Island for about 20 years now. And pretty much um, these new projects that I'm working on are a children's book called Amazing Annabelle. It's for second to third grade. It's very educational. It's written by a teacher and has a lot of common core lesson plans um, within the book. Um, centered around Annabelle and her adventures through the course of the school year with each book focusing around a different month, uh, September through um, January, um, July. But um, I'm also working on my own personal comic book that's uh, based around a health condition that I'm dealing with called um, ulcerative colitis. Um, so basically it's about a boy, it's called Beyond the Condition, and it's basically about a boy going through a journey to learn that he 
through courage and empathy, learning that he's more than just a condition, and basically um, it deals with certain aspects, um, either both dealing with the financial dealings with the condition or dealing with um, people that that don't um, better judging me for the condition and stuff or thinking that I can't do much. So I'm hoping that I can reach a lot of audience that are either disabled or dealing with difficult times in their lives. All right, so, so let's, let's take up both parts. So first, let's talk about the book. How did you meet up with um, uh, Linda? Oh, well, I knew Linda for about 25 years. I, I knew her since I was like a really young kid because um, I was part of a group called the Mother's Club of Wheatley Heights, and I knew her from there, and pretty much as soon as she found out that I started doing illustrations and stuff, she brought me on board to help run the, this book and help with the company. And now the second part is let us know what exactly is the condition and what is the symptoms and the what what is the treatment for it. Um, ulcerative colitis is a digestive condition. If you know Crohn's disease, it's very similar, but with colitis, they can actually remove the intestines to get rid of the. That's what they consider the cure for the problem in this modern day. But um, pretty much with treatment, it's just taking certain medications. Uh, a lot of them can be very expensive by nature and just either eating certain healthy foods or avoiding, they also think stress could be affecting the condition, but it's not proven, but it, for right now it's lifelong and stuff like that. And there's no cure cure besides just removing the intestines. Wow. So you decided because of that situation to tell other people who have the same thing to, to inspire them. So what inspired you to do that? Well, um, I have a very support system, a very good support system, both my mother and family and stuff. They've always been there for me, and especially with helping to afford these medications that I need. And then I also have my friends and a lot of good associates from like volunteer groups that I do. But pretty much what inspired me to do this was... Um, Every time I would go to CVS or Walmart and hear over the counter like, oh, you know how much this is going to cost and stuff like that, for like over 10 plus years, it really did affect me. And then also dealing with certain individuals over the course of that time frame that would see my condition and stuff and then define me by that. So like either, so examples are like going for a job and stuff like that, or even things like dating or stuff like that, which are difficult aspects, especially nowadays on their own, but then you add in a lifelong condition and you have to either shop around for insurance or you have to explain this to someone and stuff, and if they find it a detriment or something like that, it can be very difficult to, or, you know, it can make it even harder for those aspects, but it led me to realize that I could help with my art and stuff and use my talent towards helping some other people, especially since I found a lot of people that are dealing with this. I actually talked to a mother that has an autistic son that's like 40 years old, and I asked her about like her son and stuff like that, and he, she said like how he was trying to date, but it's very difficult. It could be like on the other side of the universe and stuff for him, and I'm hoping to reach people that are either dealing with that autism or in a wheelchair or, or have like assistance from the government and feel down or self-doubt about themselves by you know either 
dealing with certain individuals that talk down to them or look at them in a bad way. And I'm hoping to reach a lot of audience through this. Wow, I'm actually I'm actually blown away. That's really cool. No 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 applause from the audience. We got some applause. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Cal, can I answer the question? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, you said it, sometimes it, it comes from stress. Now, when you draw, are you calm? Yes, yeah, normally right, very calm. Sometimes when people say they get nervous, their stomach turns. I'm sorry, their stomach turns, right? Yes. So that's like a therapy for you when you draw, right? Yes. Uh, and you don't have no symptoms when you're drawing because your mind is on something else. Exactly, like if I have a project. Did or, you write that in your your book too? Yes. Um, Let him answer the question, Harry. Yes, oh, right on. I wrote it in this verse issue of the book. Um, I'm hoping to release about three volumes of the book, each with five issues, each tackling three different subjects. Uh, I'm going to ask you another question now. You, you, what age are you? What old are you now? I'm 30 years old. All right, most people in their 30s right now, I see, because I'm, I'm almost 60, so. I've been through a lot, and we, you know, I'm not saying you didn't been through a lot. You've been through, you have a torch, you know. But most people in their thirties, because I have kids in their thirties, so I have two daughters, and they're very stressed out, and they're worrying about things that maybe have never come to be. Now, what is everybody worrying about? What is there to worry about? Hey, boo. Well, that's man-made, but it, it, I think society is doing something to the young crowd today. And you fall into their hands, and you you live it like a dog. You gotta live like a dog. Live in the moment, because you don't know if tomorrow's gonna come. Exactly. All right. So, I mean, I think you could cure yourself instead of making these. I know you need your medication and all that stuff, but your your intestines flare up when when you get stressed out, right? Now the medicine is putting a mask over it. It's not curing it. Exactly. And, and the doctors are making a bundle off everybody that's stressed out. All right, so I'm going to tell you, I'm on your side. I'm not on the no. doctor's side. No, I understand. But not, you, you got to look at life a different way than what I just told you. It's a big business medical, a big oh, scam, yeah. you know. And when you see commercials on TV, it's always corporate commercials. It's always medical commercials, uh, car insurance. It's corporate. It's corporate greed. They put a scare tactic on people. Don't start, Mark. <laughs> and you know I'm right, folks, right? Conspiracy. Right? You know I'm right. Right? Scare tactics? Yeah. That's a brainwash. Yeah. That's a clockwork orange. Okay? So you remember what the media is trying to do. Now we, I'm trying we are the to, media. <laughs> I know we are the media, but we could be an offshoot of the media. Yeah. Okay, but your kids are 30 years old. You got nothing to worry about because when the media hits, and I'm not no more kidding. You have nothing to worry about. I knew live, that was going somewhere. Live your life. Because when me and Charlie, when we were 30, we didn't care about. Excuse my French. No, not, no, no. <laughs> no. You know what I mean. There's nothing to worry about. I know your peers put stress on you. Don't worry about your peers. You gotta be your own people, your own person. You gotta be a wolf, a leader, not a follower. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Exactly. Like I, I have friends, some of them live at home and stuff, and usually by now, like when they're 30, 31 and stuff, the tradition is to leave home. And I tell them, like, if your parents are comfortable with you living at home and you can save up money towards your goals or getting that college degree and stuff, why wouldn't you take up that offer and stuff for right now and things? It's not 
putting you down and things yeah. that you're living at home at this age and stuff. You're you actually have goals in mind you're trying to accomplish, and that's the most important thing. Oh yeah, Kyle, you're gonna be fine. Thank you. You are gonna be fine. As you get older, you'll see. You'll remember me. What I said. As you get older, you'll outgrow a lot of this stuff, and you'll say, "What the hell was I worrying about when I was in my 30s?" Exactly. So you'll be fine. Just move forward. Don't look back. Yeah. All I know, Carl, is I'm very stressed out now, right, being <laughs> I'm just listening. I was fine when I came in. Thank you so much. Now I'm like, <laughs> what do we worry about? So can you target that book to different age groups? So question for the audience, is the, is the book specifically targeted to youngers or is it all general, all ages? I'm hoping with my comic book to make it all ages and like sort of as a sample guide. I, I already been talking to people at the Chromes and Colitis Foundation about hopefully getting this book, like either having a booth at the walks that I go to every year and hopefully putting it out there, especially with the support group. They've been very helpful for me out in Stony Brook. Now, is everything in the book like a personal experience or you use other experiences also and merge it into to make it one story? Well, I didn't want to preach like colitis, colitis, colitis. I wanted to try and take the lessons that I learned. Like, um, pretty much one lesson I learned was to be courage and and you know think ahead and stuff before acting and things like that. So I take I take that and like put that in the story as like a creature and stuff like that. Like this fear overcoming me that I can't do something and things, but. I try not to like just preach out that I do mention colitis and I do go over some of the symptoms like sometimes my stomach would hurt at different intervals and things like that and I say I need my medicine and I put that in but I wouldn't just keep hitting you over the head with like oh colitis is this or colitis is that it's pretty much the main character has the condition and stuff and just overcoming some of the challenges that are associated with it. Now, we are very well aware, as uh, Charlie and I, and even Herman, have spoken to many, many independent creators and you know, a lot of superheroes, and comics in and of itself is just a medium where you can tell any type of story. So is this a more of a comedic thing? Is it more like dead serious? Is it What kind of a, a tonality story we have going on here? Well, it's more, um, I would say, more comedic. Like, I could have went full-blown superheroes and things like that, but I wanted to take it in a sort of a different turn. So he starts out in school, but then gets transported to this different land and stuff like that to go on this quest to handle these three different things, one being courage, another one being empathy, and then another one being understanding as he reaches the last ish issue, um, issue five of the first volume. Oh, that's really cool. So let's, let's switch gears back to the other book with um, Linda, who's still not here. I think she's yeah. stuck in traffic somewhere. So Probably that. Way. You know, by the time she gets here, this show would have already aired. That's yep. how long it's going to be for her to get here. So when you said she was a teacher, right? Yes, she's still a teacher. She's still a teacher, and so I'm, I'm sure she's told you how she decided to come out with this and how she was inspired to do this. So why don't you tell us a little about that in her steed. You don't have to use her voice. Okay. Um, well, with her, um, for many years she wrote plays and she would perform them at the church that she currently goes to, which is the Hollywood Baptist Church, and pretty much she, she works there also and things, but over the years she had these ideas for these books and when I first 
talked to her about possibly doing these children's books. She had like a whole list for all 11 books all written out and everything was ready to go and stuff. She was just looking for an illustrator. And pretty much um, she wanted to become her own publishing company. So she saved up a whole bunch of money to make that happen and stuff. And it wasn't an easy process, but she wanted to make sure that she got this done on her own and stuff like that and proved herself that she can go beyond the books, like she's actually working on another series of 11 books called Daring David, which is like, it goes from fourth to fifth grade and it focuses on one of the um, classmates in Annabelle's class, but she'll also be part of it. But she's she's thinking of this like long term, like she says, um, she's always um, thinking she's gonna be the next door the Explorer. She always says that in all her um, posts. Hey Charlie, do you have a question for Kyle? No. <laughs> um, you're looking at your products here. How good does this make you feel that you accomplished this amazing work? Well, I, I mean, to accomplish any book of literature and stuff in itself is a really grand task, but to do 11 within the span of a year and stuff, it's like, it, it was a lot of work, but it, it was well worth it and stuff because just seeing the families and just seeing how much this has affected everyone in a positive way and stuff from every encounter, from conventions to school visits, it's it's great to hear and stuff. Did you ever do anything and, and you thought at the time you were doing it, this is great, this is a great idea, and then you saw it and said, mm, it's not that great. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you did because I'm looking at some great stuff here. Well, nothing personally, but like as I started getting into illustrations and stuff like that, I I did learn a lot of lessons in terms of like dealing with people and stuff like that, and dealing with the writer. That sometimes if I go back, I probably wouldn't have taken certain positions and certain jobs. But it comes with experience that you're going to run into certain aspects that like, oh, I'm doing this project, but. At the end, it wasn't worth the trouble and things for one thing or another. So, Cal, when you become famous, right, you got to promise, promise me something, okay? When you see okay. the paintings, don't put, don't put it in the frame that shreds the paintings. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so we had another question for the audience. What was your question? Yeah, um, you said you uh, have like 11 books. He said there's 11 books. That's correct. All right, and uh, what? Well, did you say it took like a year span? It took a year to do it. To illustrate them, yes. To it took about a year, but they were already like written, and that probably took her about five years to do all of them together. Okay. And how many pages uh, each book? Um, roughly about ninety-six pages. It's mostly a chapter book. I did about twelve images per page, sometimes thirteen. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Well, per book. Pages. Per book. Per book. Yes. Not per page. You didn't no, uh, per book. Oh, oh, oh. You didn't do twelve. You didn't do twelve images per page. You did no, twelve I, images per book. Per book. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry. It's that's, per book. Because that the, the surprise on his eyes. Like wait, yeah, that doesn't. Wait, that doesn't add sorry up. about. Yeah. One, one more question. So, okay, um, what are, um, can you give us like a, a sample? Like say your top five favorite titles. Can you give us a sample of five favorite titles of the books of the eleven? Like what's your favorite? The favorite titles and or the books yeah. actually. Which ones? Which ones should people get? And which ones should they get? Top five. Top five. Out of the eleven. Um, yes. Do you know all of them by the top of your head? Yeah. Um, I would say the Apple Celebration. I always go with that one being not only the first book, but it's always like the main introduction into getting like into Annabelle. I would also say um, that the July one is very good. Um, 
pretty much um, summer camp that pretty, because not only some of the illustrations take you out of the school and put you with Annabella, she's learning all these, making friends and learning how to do things on her own in summer camp versus in a school environment. It's a good change up. And then I would say probably the fall festival is a good one also because it, it deals with her dealing with a problem of injuring her leg and realizing that she can rely more on her friends as like she goes through like her daily life and things. But I would also say the winter celebration is another good one because we not only focus on one holiday, we focus on all of them and Annabelle gets to interact with different people of different backgrounds. So like Hanukkah and stuff, she learns a lot about the back history about it and how they, you know, how everything went with the holiday. And then we also have a Veterans Day one that's very good because usually in November you think of Thanksgiving and stuff, but we decide to focus on Veterans Day and give that the main thing. I mean, Thanksgiving is also in there, but we wanted to give that the overall. So Annabelle goes to a um, retirement home and interviews a, a veteran as she gets to learn more about history and dealing with war and things like that. What, a grandpa or something? How, it, well, it's a grandma's. <laughs> How upsetting is it that now there's an Annabelle Horror series out there? <laughs> That's a funny story because, like, whenever you type in Google, like, I typed in Amazing Annabelle and it came up with that Annabelle from the horror story right there. And it was like, oh, my God, we're going to have to change this somehow. Or I don't know if we can contact, what is it, Lionsgate or yeah, something? Yeah, say, knock it off, it's ours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So there is there is something um, that you had mentioned about doing 12 pieces of artwork per book. So you have to read the whole book, and how do you decide which artwork goes with the story? Like, do you decide, do you read the whole story and then decide, okay, this scene will be a perfect thing to draw, or does, are you instructed to draw this particular scene? Well, pretty much with each of the books, she'll send me over, like, a packet with with each page and like gives me a little bit of a description of like okay Annabelle's in here with uh with David and stuff and he she's playing a board game and stuff like that and then it's my job to try and get that angle down so like because I did mostly like comic book stuff before I got into doing the children's book things I tried to like do it from different angles and stuff like that and different perspectives, but I realized with her and stuff, I had to make it more like overall the whole scene together and stuff, so like I have the two children standing there and interacting and things like that, but it, but it wasn't too much of a change, but pretty much she'll send me something over and I'll, and I'll use that as a jumping off point and we'll go back and forth from there. So is it because of your comic book background do you find that something like this would be easier to tackle or if you had no, if you just were you know, uh, an artist, not a comic book artist, because it is two different things, comic book is storytelling, um, do you think it would be easier or harder to do something like that? Well, I, I find it a lot more easier because I, with the comic book background, because I have that storytelling structure versus just drawing flat images, like if I'm, if I'm doing a Batman image and I've just been doing that for like the last 30 years and stuff like that, it would have been a lot harder to like just do the different poses and things like that. The non-degracing Batman, right? Yes. The regular Batman. Yes, the regular Batman. <laughs> but yeah, I find it a lot more easier that I have the storytelling thing. So like whenever I'm going through it, it's like I can picture it right there and stuff. Like even before I put down pencil to paper, I'm already picturing like, okay, she's doing this, she's sitting in this chair and she's interacting with her sister and doing this. But 
Um, I also wanted to mention um, when you're at tables, you do you do other artwork, you do prints. Now the sign of the times is I was we just had New York Comic Con. Well, when this airs, would be a while ago, but it was just this past weekend, and I talked to a lot of my art friends who find it more difficult to sell books than it is to sell prints. Is that something that you also see that as a trend? Well, pretty much it depends on how you're selling it. Like, when it comes to the Annabelle series, the good thing is that not only does she have the 11 books out, but she has an online website with resources connected directly to the books as extra material. So, like, there's pretty much when a child goes on to the book and say she reads the first book and stuff and then wants to find out more about anti-bullying because that's what the first one's also about. She can go onto the website. There's a student corner with a with a JPEG that she can print out for free and stuff like that that goes into details and says and there's worksheets there that say like oh what type of characteristics best describe you is one of the worksheets so like there's all this extra material and when I'm explaining this to either the parent or someone that I'm talking to at the convention they're very intrigued and it's it's something beyond just just an image that I can sell to them it's something that could be very useful to their niece nephew um, etc. And I, I tell the writer this all the time that, you know, it, it doesn't matter if I'm at Comic Con or if I'm at a children's book fair and stuff. Everyone has like a niece, a daughter, a son, etc. Some type of family member that might be interested in something educational for them. Oh, and um, are the books available at your local library, such as the East Meadows Public Library, or can you get them online? Where can you get, get these books? You can get them on the website, they're on Amazon, they're What's all the over. Oh, um, AmazingAnnabelle.com. AmazingAnnabelle.com. Yes. And what about your stuff? Um, this comic is coming out next month. and I'm pretty So by the time this airs, it should be, so it's this month. Yes. So uh, where can November, people go? November. November. Right. Um, but yes, um, I, I'm going to start off by having them on my Instagram and selling them from there, but then I'm making my own way. Oh, Kyle Horn Art is my Instagram, and I'll... I'll be selling the books starting off there, and then I'll move on to Amazon and hopefully get them on to like Comixology and other sources. So beyond the um, so beyond the um, website, which was amazingannabelle dot com, mm -hmm. is there any other place you can get the books? You said Amazon. Is it like in bookstores? Is it a? Uh... It's mostly on Amazon, but we have been able to get into certain school districts all over the island, and some in like Florida also, and things. We're also that's trying cool. to get into Barnes and Noble right now, but that's a right. It's in, it's in, it's in the work. It's in the works. Yes. Um, what other social media um, places can they find out more about the stuff? Um, Amazing Annabelle is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My own artwork and also stuff for the new comic book is on my Facebook, Kyle Horn Art, and Instagram and Twitter as well. All right, so we have what? What do we have in front of us? I want you to do a little description for people listening on the radio. What do we have? We have the books. We have yes. two books, and we have the prints. Why don't you describe what the prints are? Prints are. Well, well, this first print is um, all pretty much all the Overwatch characters done in Lego form. It's a character collage. Very nice. Very nice. Um, the next one is basically the want to pass? Uh, oh, Avengers Infinity War poster, but Let's done in Lego form. Come on! Come on! Yeah. This um, this next one is a. Uh, 
piece of artwork basically built around Thundercats and in Lego form. Oh, Thundercats. My daughters love that. Yeah, you heard about the Thundercats reboot coming up soon. So, oh, right. Yeah. So, Herman, you can't win any of these things because you're, you're on the panel. You can't win uh, anything. The oh, next one <laughs> is a... Is a print that I didn't. I actually got this signed by um, the actor that played Rocky. Um, it's a Power Rangers movie poster oh, print that I did um, from the old school Beautiful. Power Rangers movie. Win that? You can win that. See, people who show up to the live show always win something. And, and what's the last one? The last one is a Rick and Morty collage of all characters oh, from the best. season two. Nice. I haven't done season three yet. I'm in the nice works. Pain. <laughs> all right, so you're gonna give a what? What are you gonna give? You're gonna give all the prints to one person? Mm-hmm. Or are gonna do to one to each person? Yeah, that's gonna make yeah. things very, uh, very different. Oh, we got a, we got a late guy here. We got a late guy. Late guy, come on up here. Late guy, come on, come up, on here. up here. Get your, uh, gotta get your raffle. Get, you get your raffle sing. so you can see when you, you might win something. Wouldn't it be something if he won because he came in late? And the books are going to go to one person, or how are we going to do that? So one person gets the books, and some other people get the prints. How are we going to do that? It's, well, your, it's your giveaway. I figured like everyone can go home with something. Everyone can go home with something. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. So let's let's do this um, scientifically. So we got this. Do we need a hat? We do not need a hat. You know what you should do, Mark? Just call the numbers and let... um, Well, that's what I'm saying. The first one, for the first prize, I'll just start start listing out some numbers. So, so yeah. So, Kyle, you say, what's the first prize? And I will whip out some numbers. So, what's the first prize? It's like bingo. I guess uh, they can choose between the books or one of the prints. So you're just going to let them pick. Yeah. Yeah. You know the prints are going to go. All right. Here we go. So, first winner. For first choice, first choice, first, first choice. All right, hold on. Need some drum roll. Drum roll. Get a drum Number one. Number one. Who gets number one? Number one gets your first first pick. What what are you gonna pick there? He wants oh, the books. All right. All right. There you go. Very good choice there. That's that's the first, the first one. Yep. What's the? Yep. Enjoy it, Steepy. Alright, so congratulations, you're getting a picture of that. So we're going to go to the second one. Second one is the next next second choice, right? Yep. This is very difficult because I'm using both hands. Drum roll. (laughs) It's like a magic trick. Number three. Number three. Who's number three? There you go. Second choice, second choice. Where are you going to go for? Going to go for the book? Going to go for a print? Your in the band. Going to go for a print? Going to go for a book? Oh my God! He's so so aside. He's deciding. He's deciding. He's going. He's going. He's going in. He got the Avenger. All right. So we have some more to go. All right. Hold on. Drum roll. I'll take butter on my roll. Number six. Number six. Who's number six? Number six. Hey, come on down, number six. You get a prize. Woo! He's gonna pick He's picking. He's got one. He got it. You sure? He's, he's uh, sure. Oh, he got it. All right, he got it. So well, let's let's keep on moving. Next one. What is that? What's that? Drum roll. Number two. Number two. Number two. What are we getting? You got to pick one. Pick one quickly. I'm running out. Power there you go. Get the Power Rangers. Get the Power Rangers. All right. So drum roll. Next one. Uh, 
number seven. Number seven. 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 That's you. Look, that guy. That guy. All right. Well, that's my lucky number. Newcomer. So what do you, what do you, yeah, you get? You get to pick from one book. You get the Thundercats and the Rick and Morty. Choose wise. You get to pick no, one. Choose number, wisely. Number two and number Choose seven. Wisely. Oh, you got Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. <laughs> they look like dinosaurs. Two more prizes to go. Two more prizes to go. So drum roll. Oh, yeah. Rick and Morty. Number five. Number five. Come on down, number five. Yeah. So you get the choice between, is that the second book, the Halloween, the Halloween, the second book, or the print? What do you want? The book or the print? She's going for the book. Oh, very nice choice. And the final person for the Thundercats. That, that was my drum roll. Give me a drum roll. Thunder, thunder, thunder. Last one would win is? Number four. Number four. Come on down, get your Thundercat print. See that? Everybody wins. Right. Right. People won the prizes. Make sure you guys come down to the live show. You can win prizes also. So congratulations, everybody. So we have less than 10 minutes to go. So we're going to do some final thoughts. Herman, do you have a final thought for us? We have less than 10 minutes to go. Um, for everybody, but I just uh, about the young crowd, 30 years old, just like what I told you, live your life. Mark, we should not... This is very serious. I, I know you're serious. I know you're serious. Live your life. Don't worry about anything. All right? Take care of yourselves. Keep yourselves healthy. And that's it. That's my final word. Charlie? And Kyle, good luck a, to you, Kyle. Do you have a final Thank thought you. to you, Charlie? My, I have two final thoughts. Go ahead. And one is, this guy is amazing. Go out on his social media, on his website, buy his stuff. Buy it. I'm yeah. telling you, good stuff. Yeah. Don't make me come over there. <laughs> and thank you for being here. And number two, um, I don't know if anybody knows this, but if it wasn't for my good buddy here, I would never be on. It came from there the radio. You go, yeah. That's right. That's right. Kyle, do you have a? Actually, um, where are you going to be? Are you going to be at any conventions? Are you going to be at any places anytime soon? I'm actually going to be at MCon. Oh, the annual, the annual Halloween, the annual Halloween uh, event, which is going to be on Friday, October 26th at 6 p.m. at the East Meadows Public Library. That's perfect yeah. timing right there. I hope everyone can come out and support. And mention your websites again, and then you give us a final thought. Yes, um, my websites are Kyle Horn Art. I'm all, I'm all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and um, pretty much I'm always doing commissions and things, and I'm always having these books and. I can't wait for what's next. So my final thought is this. First of all, thank you, Kyle, for coming down here. We appreciate you right. coming in front of the live studio thank audience. You for always, me. It's always uh, it's funny how you're like, oh, you know, you have the stress, and then we put you in front of live audience, but hope you did all right. We appreciate oh, yeah. you coming right. down here. Right. It's it's really an inspiration, I gotta say, about what your book is doing and then the both books actually. Very inspirational. I hope you guys continue much success. And I hope that Linda's all right. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna check she, on that. Soon. Make sure she's all right. Get down here. She's Hopefully she's alright, but but thank you so much for coming down. We really appreciate it. Much success. Go check out his stuff. And that about does it for this week. Does it on really came from the radio. Does it really? Join us, it really does. Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, Tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. No, I'm not reading for the teleprompter. I've done this. How long have I done this? I know this by memory. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, um, Instagram, we have a YouTube page. Um, also, make sure you guys come down to the next live show, which we'll have more stuff to give away. This will be on the 14th of November at the East Mills Public Library. Special shout out to Kelly Gordon and the East Mills Public Library. Thank you so much for having us and continue having us, and we will see you next week. Yeah! Woo!
You have been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. <laughs>